Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the February 22nd broadcast of the Unexplained World. With your host, Annette, a high priestess of the Covenant of the White Heart and psychic reader. And Ed Shanahan, that is me, a paranormal spiritual observer and psychic reader. Hello, Annette. Hi, Ed. How are you tonight? I'm doing real good. Um, um, let me go on and say I'm hearing a little feedback that could be our guest because I did put her on the air. Um, Lynn Serafin, and maybe she's getting feedback. She's calling long distance from England. Hello, Lynn, you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm I'm on a cordless. I can if I go to the cord phone though, then I can't be at my computer. So uh, is okay. it really bad? Is it really bad for you? Are you sitting near the computer? I'm I've walked away from it right now. <laughs> so okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you no, hearing that anymore? That I can hear. Is it okay? Let's go ahead. Okay. Oh, right. Let me let me introduce you, Lynn. Lynn okay. Serafin is the author of the upcoming book, The Garden of Soul, Lessons from Four Flowers That Unearth the Self, and she is also the founder and leader of the Global Wellness Circle, a holistic community project that is rapidly spreading throughout the U.K. Lynn assists individuals in exploring personal empowerment, life purpose, balance of mind, body, and spirit, and how to tap into the inner hero that lies within every human being. Hello, Lynn. Hi, how, how are you? How are you both? What's it like in Chicago tonight? <laughs> oh, it's in the twenties. Oh, but oh, it's well, clear. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not envious. <laughs> oh, what's it like? Right, right. It's it's pretty nice here, but it's three in the morning. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm I'm really proud of myself that I've made it here. So. Good, good. Thank you. Yes. Thank <laughs> Enough you coffee and walking the floor. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Annette, do you want to start with? Yes, I would love Let's... to ask some Lynn some questions. Great. Um, your new book, as I understand, mm-hmm. is called The Garden of the Soul. Right. Um, and it's be your own hero. Can you tell us a little bit about what being your own hero is, or am I jumping the gun? Uh, you're not jumping the gun. That's that's not the subtitle. The subtitle is actually Lessons from Four Flowers That Unearth the Self. Um, okay. the, the purport of the book is to call forth the hero um, that – the purport of the book is that we are already the hero of our own lives. Um, and how I define a hero – is someone who hears the call and answers it in a nutshell. Uh, because I believe all of us, I believe that we're born with a life purpose. I believe every human being is born with a life purpose. And I believe that most of us live our lives, or at least in my coaching and in my teaching and just in my own experience, um, I, most of us feel a sense of that and are kind of afraid of it or feel that we... Um, we cannot answer it because of responsibilities or any number of reasons why. And there comes a point when we just hear that call and it becomes so irresistible and we realize that this person, this hero who we are, has been there since birth and we don't have to become anything different from what we are, were born to be. Uh, we just have to step into ourselves, answer that call, and then we are the hero of our own lives. And that's kind of what it is about. How would uh, how would you suggest a person decide what the hero is within them? How do they go about finding that? 
Yeah, when they hear the call, what does that mean to them? Is it spiritual or more of what they're meant to be as like a doctor or a lawyer or something in their life? Yeah, I think it's more than just a profession. I think uh, it, when I work with uh, with co- with clients, it's it's not so much what they're doing; it's who they're being when they're doing it. <laughs> like okay. like uh, like for instance, I was. Um, uh, I was a coach, and I and I didn't feel like I was quite quite hitting the nail on the head with regards to what I wanted to do in my life. And um, part of the part of the reason why I started the Global Wellness Circle was stepping into that fully. And really, what it was was what I actually wanted was to uh, facilitate people in drawing out their own their own fulfillment in life on a larger scale. Um, it's it's something it is something more spiritual. It's it is more spiritual. It's based on your values, um, and you know you could be a doctor and not be living your values, or you could be a you know you could be a street cleaner and living your values. <laughs> and so okay. being the hero of your own life is not about what you're doing. It's who you're being while you're doing it. Okay, if, if that makes sense to you, yeah. The way you treat others, the way you re- respect the, the earth, all of those kinds of things play into this. Then it sounds that, like. and also, um, how do I explain it? Uh, feeling in alignment with who you are, feeling like you're fully expressing yourself. Um, the the in the, the book, the reason why the book is called Lessons from Four Flowers That Unearths the Self. There, I use the metaphor. Well, the, meta- the garden itself, the garden of the soul itself, is the, the self. It's the soul. It's the being. It's the person. It's the whole person. Uh, whether you believe in the soul or not, doesn't matter. It's the whole person. Um, the, also, the, let me ask real quick. I do past life readings. Is that also you think that whole person, that soul, comes along with the um, unconscious remembrance of past lives or reincarnations and so forth? Do you think that? Well, my, I I personally do. It's not necessary that the reader believe in that when they're reading the book. Okay, okay. I, I do personally believe that. And I, um, can, can I read, actually, uh, can I read you just the first paragraph of the, oh, of the book? Please do. Okay, because that'll answer... A lot of the questions. Hold on, let me just go to that page. Hold on, it's on the screen, so hold on just a second. Okay. Uh, I think I think you'll see a little bit of what it is. This is um, these are actually the it's the first two paragraphs of the book, and it defines what what the book really is about. Okay. You are already the hero of your own life. You did not earn this title. You did not have to. You were born the hero. It is your birthright. If you do not take up your birthright, no one else will do it for you. If you leave it unclaimed, the universe will remain bereft of something it passionately desires. The world will continue to long for that which only you can fulfill. It will dream of you again and again. It will call to you repeatedly. It will cry for you. Then finally, one day, in this lifetime, or the next, or the next after that, you will finally take up the path of least resistance to the self and simply become the person you were always meant to be. And on that day, ever so easily, you will see that you were always the hero of this story, your story. And that all you ever needed in order to be the hero was to look within the simple stories of your own life. So that's how the book starts. Yeah, that's beautiful. Lynn, you have such a way of speaking. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> like I'm listening to an angel. Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, my surname means angel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said to Ed when we were speaking about you before the show, I said, you know, no, I think Seraphim is, you know, a league of the angels. That's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the big ones. <laughs> With the big yeah. wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With my father. It's, it's, it's my real name. People have said, is that your real name? Yes, it's my real name. It's my, my father. It's my father's surname. So. That's wonderful. It's nice to have a cool name like that when it's Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, part it, of your call? <laughs> it's part of my call. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 But tell us about the path of least resistance. How is one going to find the path and follow it? The path of least resistance is, um, well, a lot, of us, a lot of us find it. It's interesting you say, how do we find it? A lot of us find it by taking the path, the path of greatest resistance most of our lives. Um, we, we lead lives where we struggle um, against ourselves, against society, against our parents, against our family, against everything, and uh, against circumstance. And we kind of don't get it that we don't need to do that. <laughs> and, and taking the path of least resistance is um, instead of trying, well, it, yes, trying instead of trying positive. to, instead of trying to fit, it's not just about being positive. It, instead of trying to force yourself to fit, it's about really tapping into who you are and creating your life in the way that you want. It's about, it's about allowing yourself to flow through your life rather than forcing yourself to fit into a mold that um, doesn't work. And that's pretty much in the book. It's pretty much my journey through that of um, continually being in places where I didn't fit until I very easily just stepped into who I was. And it, and it just changed everything. So it perhaps a person could just go ahead and ask, some simple questions, you know, am I happy? Why am I here? I mean, are those the kinds of things, that, like hey, taking an inventory of your life and follow well, your a, gut, think that as I'm not a coach, as a, Yeah, as a coach, uh, you know, those are, the kind, those are, you know, kind of alluding to the kinds of questions that one would ask. And, and yes, it's true. It's, it's, the thing is, not just am I happy, because if you just say yes, no, or if, you, if you're used to saying, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, or I'm, I'm happy enough, or I can't complain, you know, things like that. It's more about, it's more like, what is happiness? Um, what, what brings happiness? What fulfills me? Uh, it's more about getting more deeply into the concept of happiness and fulfillment and, and, uh, and of being. Okay. Well, someone who's going to be looking for this kind of a thing, or someone who might be reading The Garden of the Soul, is going to already kind of be ready to ask those kinds of questions of themselves and see the bigger picture probably. I would hope so. I would hope yeah. so. And then this um, is a good guide for them to kind of Yeah, and, and the, the book, I have to say, it's not a how-to book. Um, it's, it's a... Uh, it, it's, it's, in some ways, it's autobiographical, a lot of it is autobiographical, and an awful lot of it is not. Uh, it, it really, I, I say in the description, it dances boldly and freely on both sides of fiction and nonfiction, and okay. that, that, is, that is the truth. It, it uh, incorporates metaphors that become alive, they become characters, and an awful lot of the book was written simply diving into the metaphors and letting the metaphors write themselves. You know, I don't like to use the word channels because people, I mean, okay. I'm sure with you it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some people don't quite, right. <laughs> some, some people don't understand what that means. And actually, uh, in my books, what it means is that you just surrender to the, um, to the, the, the feeling, the value, like if I'm talking from the, with the flowers, I'm surrendering to the flower and the flower just speaks. Uh, you know, and I have a conversation, and this is this is how vast amounts of the book were written uh, in this state of of um, just allowing allowing it to really come out from from really deep places. Um, I rewrote the book three times because it wasn't coming from those places, and then finally, when it was, they said, "Now the book's done. Now it's done." Lynn, how hard is it for a person to change? Let's say the way the world views them as a mask to what they actually are. Wow. 
it's actually you can't change what the world sees. Uh, the the only way that you, the only way the world sees you clearly is if you show them who you are. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, uh, because we can't control other people's perceptions of us. We cannot do that, and if we continually attempt to um, to do that in our lives, then we only run ourselves. We don't, it's like beating our heads against the wall. The the only way that we find true fulfillment, and also the only way we can connect with people, is for us to take the masks off uh, and be seen. There's a there there's a great um, uh, there's actually a great line in in the New Testament. Uh, that says, uh, for now we see us through a glass darkly, but uh, but later face to face. And it's, to me, I always took that to mean that when we are looking through the veil of our own self-judgments and judgments of other people, we can't see each other clearly. clearly. We just cannot see each other clearly. And when we strip those away, we can see each other clearly. We see each other soul to soul. It's just crystal clear. There's no... There's no um, Distortion, you mm-hmm. know, this, and and it just becomes clear. So if we want the world to see us um, as we are, it's a matter of us taking that bold step of crossing the line from being um, being hidden, being small, being um, insecure, being you know all these things. Being, being, uh, being, being not who we really are. About crossing the line into the full self. When we do that, people start to see who we are. We can't guarantee everybody will, because people will see us from their perspective. But my experience is that the more genuine I become, the more people know me. That's something I've, I've experienced. So you really yeah. have to let down those walls that one builds over a lifetime. Yes. And this, yeah. this uh, everything I do, everything I do, not just this book, everything I do in my coaching, um, in my personal life, everything I do is around this. I have a course that is just devoted to helping people recognize the those walls, if you want to call them walls. I call them monsters. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, I like that better. <laughs> well, that's, my course is my course is called Making Friends with the Monsters Under Your Bed. Oh, <laughs> boys would love it. <laughs> yeah, well, and and it's about the it's about the things that we build up in our minds that are perceived threats to ourselves, such as um judgment of other people. We perceive that to be a threat and when we when we perceive when, when we perceive this as a threat, or we think, oh, everybody will laugh at me, or nobody will like me if I do that, then we limit ourselves. And these are the layers and layers and layers that we put on ourselves. So we limit ourselves and make ourselves very small, very unseen, and unknown. And then we get very frustrated with the world that they don't know us. Um, they, you know, we don't have connection. We're not happy. We're not fully expressing ourselves. Um, so it's so important. For, for me, I feel it's such important work to help people recognize these patterns of behavior that they that they've taken on out of fear and and to and to stand in that and and to yeah it's scary sure it's scary and and to take that bold step to just become who they are how many times yeah so the hardest part you have is basically building up people's own security with themselves yeah. Well, what's interesting is that uh, it's not my job to build up their security. Well, it's, help them along to, to yes. get rid of the fear of of the way because I do readings and yes. yeah. there's people I've come across just by reading their palms, and they'll mm-hmm. fully agree. Where I say you only allow a very select group of people close mm-hmm. to your heart. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that you have acquaintances acquaintances with, mm-hmm. but very, very few that you even consider friends mm-hmm. because that's your form of protecting yourself because of something that may have happened in the past. And you uh, and that's so common that's so common Ed. It really, really mm-hmm. common. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And even at that I would add to that that uh even those few who are close, um very few people I have met 
uh, and it, hope, it seems to be increasing now because I think I actually think consciousness is changing. I really do. Oh yes, I agree. Yeah, and and up till recently, very few people really, really, really knew what intimacy was, uh, and and just all the codes of ethics have really imprisoned them into like needing always to. Uh, always to look good or always to look like a nice person or always to look like they've had it all together or always to look strong. Um, and there's, there's a transparency that's missing. And we, we end up feeling very isolated and very alone. And, and we don't ask for help and we don't reach out. And, and that's what I see. And that's really, um, that's really at the core of the work that I do, either in my courses or in my coaching and certainly in the writing. The writing is... Uh, this book was as much a healing process for me as it was to call other people to just look at your lives and see how rich they are, see what fantastic people you are. Look at how these spiritual principles are flowing through you already. That's, that's really what it's about. It's, it's to, to boldly say to people, you are divine. You are divine. You are an individual. Nobody is like you. Nobody is like you. The world will be empty of something if you weren't here sees that well that's that's another problem is the thing of so many people comparing themselves to the joneses or the smiths exactly. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh that's that's another problem which you're basically saying you know you're also mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. is and, yeah people get <laughs> bummed out because uh, Mr. Smith's got, oh, they just got a new car. I wish I could get a new car. I wish I had a better job that paid me, you know, before I could get a car. Oh, I'm walking around the auto shop. Oh, $40,000 car. Oh, I wish I could have. You know what I'm saying? So, and then the and, question, you know, I absolutely know what you're saying. And then the question that I would have for that person is, um, what will that bring you? Very what, will good. It, what, 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 what will this $40,000 car bring you what is what is behind it what what is that what will it really bring you and if they say what's that finance charges finance charge well i mean well yes and 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 but on the positive side some some might say well it'll bring me fun some might say it'll bring me respect some might say uh oh it'll get the girls you know or whatever um and so really behind it's the car it's not the car there's some other deep desire going on in that person, and then, and then if you say respect, it will say, well, what, what will that get you? And then they say, well, I basically feel, I feel worthless. I feel un, uh, I feel like I have no value. I feel like I'm not enough. And that's when you start to get beneath all these layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. of of things that have been, you know, accumulating on on that on that hurt human being, you know, on that hidden human being. So this is about calling that person out of that. This is about calling that person forth to step into their life. Well, this is very interesting because I have two little children, and I can see how this could even fit in helping them become their own person way early on. It would give such a, a, such a benefit to them. Well, it's interesting you say that, um, Annette, because the very beginning of the book is actually a fairy tale. Um, at the, the book is not a fairy tale, but the, but the very beginning of the book is. It's a story called The Very Good King, and I've read it in public. Uh, I, I read it last year at an art gallery here in Bedford. I've read it uh, many times to people, and it, it is a fairy tale. I've never written a fairy tale in my life before, but it's a metaphor. It, it is, uh, it, it's, it's about it's introducing the four flowers and it's their journey and what happens to them when they are allowed to blossom naturally. It really talks about the path of least resistance because it's about um, the difference between thinking you know what's right for the flowers and just allowing the intuition and nature to to let them bloom. And it could be read. I've, I've sold copies. Before this, because uh, the Garden of the Soul is not out yet, it'll be out in April. But I've sold copies of the Very Good King to people who just wanted it for their children. <laughs> they wanted to read it to their children. So yeah, I'd love it if your if your kids would hear <laughs> hear the story because well, they'll get it. Read the book so we can uh, kind of have it well, come you, into play in the rearing of the kids. Well, you better buy the book. You better have the book. <laughs> that would that, that would be a that would be a perfect stage too. 
to break um, people into this would be in oh, the Raise self-esteem and, you know, have them know who they are going out into the world. They can be so, ooh, critical and difficult sometimes. And with it, all its beauty, of course, but for them, that would just give them that backbone and prepare them for those things. And they can stand on their own two feet and trust, that, trust in themselves and go forward. Imagine if your children grew up in a world where, they could stand in conflict and not feel affected where yeah. they where they just they they could see what was going on around them and they could think so clearly and they would know what was needed and what to do simply because they they were so full in themselves that they didn't they didn't they were not being they weren't reacting from fear or ego they were just they were just present Imagine that if they grew up like that. Well, I'm going to yeah. try it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell us about the say, flowers, Lynn. I'm sorry? Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me cut in right here and say, listeners, you're listening to author Lynn Serafin, who's our guest, the author of The Garden of the Soul, and also the founder leader of the Global Wellness Circle, a holistic community project that is rapidly spreading throughout the U.K. Okay, and I, go ahead. I was going to ask, tell us about the four flowers. Okay, what, great. What do those represent to us? Oh, I'd love to tell you about the four flowers. Thank you so much for asking me that question. <laughs> um, well, uh, the four flowers, uh, actually, and as I say, they, they come first in the story, the very good king. And what is really funny is that I didn't know what they meant when I wrote the story. I wrote that story about seven years ago, and it just kind of stayed on a shelf and then one day, about two years ago, I suddenly realized what my own story meant. <laughs> you know? It okay, was one cool. of those things. So the four flowers, um, they are um, the rose, the iris, the daffodil, and the lily. And they represent four spiritual principles. The rose represents the principle of giving. The iris represents the principle of receiving. The daffodil represents the principle of becoming. And the lily represents the principle of being. And if you see them and you really meditate on them and you really understand them, uh, they make a continual flow. Because giving and receiving, and I'll explain what those are in a minute if you, if you want me to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Giving, and re- giving and receiving are uh, a, a continual flow back and forth between how we relate to the world and becoming and being are a continual flow of how we relate to ourselves. So when you take these four principles as a unit and when they are all fully expressed, we become whole. We're balanced and whole human beings. And I continually see uh, in myself and in other people when we have a, when there's something missing in our lives, when we feel there's something missing, Usually, I can pretty much pinpoint the what's missing of these four categories, uh, you know, roughly. I mean, it's a paradigm. It's just a paradigm. It's just a way of looking and checking and, and, and seeing how we are. Um, giving, or the rose, it's not just giving. It's not just giving things away. It's anything that comes out from us. So it's, it's about, yes, it's about giving. It's about experience but it's about expression, it's about personal expression, it's about passion, it's about drive, it's about energy and uh, life purpose and courage and all the things that go out from us, all those kind of old things that go out from us, very kind of red, you know, and and the rose has thorns, and so it's very very much like that. Um, The iris, which is the principle of receiving, receiving instead of everything going out, receiving is all that comes into us from the world. So the rose is going out from us into the world, and the principle of receiving is all those things that come into us from the world. So it's about the senses. It's about aesthetics. It's about appreciation. It's about abundance, um, gratitude, um, all those things, relishing, taste, sensuality, all those things that come in. Through our, through our senses and through our awareness. So if you see people who, um, who are unhappy, 
very often you'll find that they're blocked in one of these areas. Uh, it, giving, you, you'll see people who are blocked if they're stuck in a dead-end job. It's because they can't express themselves. Right. So the principle of giving is, 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 is underdeveloped uh, or, you know, uh, blocked. Uh, you'll see people who give, give, give all the time, and they, they, don't, they don't take time to feel abundance, or they don't take time to receive. They don't appreciate themselves. They don't feel like they're, uh, things are coming into them. And so receiving is not there. And you can see this in people. Oh, sure. Yeah. So do you want me to continue with becoming and being? Do you want me to? Please. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Becoming, I, I represent that with the daffodil. And the reason why the daffodil is becoming is because becoming is about, um, well, it's about rebirth. <laughs> it's about change, growth, spontaneity, playfulness, curiosity, innovation, uh, in uh, innovation and cre- just creation, all the creative aspects. And the reason why I chose the daffodil, which I don't know what it's like in are you guys in Chicago, is that where you are? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah essentially. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know what it's like in Chicago, but here in Britain anyway, in the spring and right around this time of year, it's just starting. The daffodils are the first flowers out of the earth, and they just populate the countryside. They're just everywhere. They're in all the woods. Yeah. They're, in, they're just everywhere. They're beautiful. And they come up out of the hardest, coldest earth, and they just burst forth. They're very bold, and they're just rebirth. And they're also kind of silly-looking. They're very eccentric-looking, and they're very short-lived, very short-lived. And they signify change. They signify spring. Spring is here, and now we're gone. So becoming is about that. It's about letting go also. It's about letting go. It's about forgiveness and, and allowing then the last flower is the lily, and the lily represents being. And being is, instead of continual change, which becoming is, uh, being is that which is constant throughout our lives and our eternal lives. It's, uh, it's serenity, it's wisdom, it's a knowledge of who you are, it's, um, it's wholeness. You know, it's wholeness and oneness and unity and all of those things. And so it's... It balances becoming because it gives you a foundation. It gives you the foundation of the essence of who, who you are. So these two principles are, we need this balance as a healthy relationship with who we are. If we are continually becoming and changing and we have no foundation, then we feel unstable. And if we're really stable but we have no growth, we feel bored and empty. So these two things are important in our lives, to to make sure that we're we're um, really fully integrated with ourselves, that we're always continually changing, yet always the same as well, simultaneously. It's a paradox, but that's who we are. And when you put all four of these together, we're actually in flow. They're they're just a continual flow, one from the other. So that's kind of what the that's the spiritual purport of the book. The way I tell it is through journeys talking to the flowers and also autobiographical stories that illustrate my own processes of giving, receiving, becoming, being. That's what that's essentially what the book is about. What's your web What's your website so um, people can come there and know when the book is going to be released and stuff like right. that? Right. Glad you asked that too. <laughs> my uh, my book website. I mean, I've got about five websites, but my book website is givereceivebecomebe.com. So it's the four principles, but it's hyphenated. So it's give www.give-receive-become-be.com. Givereceivebecomebe.com. Um, what I want to add to that is, I just today uploaded a um, a page. Uh, our Amazon launch is on the 7th of April, and I have, I'm so lucky. Uh, this is really the iris coming in. I'm really receiving an abundant and feeling very, very appreciative today. Um, yay! I am, yay! I am, because, because there, uh, I have about 22 incredible people, all mind, body, spirit people and, and uh, people in the holistic industries and people who work with coaches and all these things 
who have agreed to, who not agreed, but I mean they've given a whole gaggle of beautiful bonus gifts for people who buy the book. And there's um, there's amazing stuff on there. There's um, uh, there's there's a thing. Uh, a photography uh, book about peeling the onion. There's there's music, chanting music, meditational music. Um, there there's all kinds of books and and ebooks and there's things on even how to publish a book and promote a book. There's so many things in there, whether it's spiritual things or things to do with creativity. Um, just wonderful things. And there are 24, actually 24 gifts that people are giving away. And I'm actually giving away an audio version of um, The Very Good King, of me reading it at the uh, Bedford Creative Arts Gallery. So, And those are for people who buy the book uh, on the day of the launch, essentially. They can get all these nice, presents. Nice. Yeah. So the actual page for that, if people want to look at that, um, it's givereceivebecomebe.com, and then if they go forward slash pages, forward slash bonus dot html. So give hyphen receive hyphen become hyphen b.com forward slash pages forward slash bonuses dot html. They can see all the bonuses. There's a little little box that they can put their name and email in, and what that will do is the day of the launch or the couple of days before the launch, I'll say, hey, the book's ready. Go to Amazon. Go buy it. <laughs> and they can go buy it. And then they'll get a little message telling them how to get all the bonuses. So it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I've met the most amazing people um, from just this bonus thing that I'm doing. The, the people on there are fantastic. I mean, you just have to go look at just to see all these wonderful people on there. Um, they're really, they're, a lot of them are friends of mine, but some of them are people I've met through the through the campaign, and um, it's exciting just to meet all these cool people. <laughs> hey, Lynn, would you give us an idea, since you're the founder and leader, what the global global wellness, wellness circle? circle? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, um, about a year ago, I uh, I was. Oh, I, I was in all these business networks. I, it was like network was my middle name. I, I just belonged to all these breakfast club business networks, and I was not feeling it. <laughs> I really wasn't feeling it. Um, and also, I'm a vegetarian, and I really didn't care for the English fried breakfast that they served at all these things. I hate to say, but never mind. <laughs> it was. Um, I've been there. I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, so I. It just didn't feel authentic. To me, I met a lot of nice people and I, all this stuff, but it didn't feel like I was really expressing myself fully. And uh, I and I noticed at that time I I was coaching more and more and more holistic practitioners. By that I mean Reiki practitioners, homeopaths, uh, uh, people into naturopathy, all these kinds of things. That I was I was and other coaches as well. I I seemed to be attracting people in the holistic professions and I loved it. <laughs> I loved being around them because we could we could talk, you know, I could say spiritual and I didn't have to look weird, you know, when at these breakfast things it's like, ooh. And and this is what I mean by the path of least resistance. I said, you know what, I actually feel pretty comfortable here. <laughs> so what happened is I one morning I, I was really busy uh, saying, I don't fit, I don't fit, I don't fit. And one morning I woke up and I said, you know what, great, I don't fit, oh, hallelujah, get me out of here. And I, said, I said, you know what, the name of my coaching company is Create a Life. Why am I not taking my own advice? I said, I'm going to go create a life. I'm going I'm to forget about these business networks and create uh, something of my own. So what I did was I didn't want it to be a business network. I wanted something different. So I, I started something here in Bedford. Bedford is a, a small-ish town. Uh, well, it's not a city. It's about 100,000 people. Um, in, it's about a, an hour north of London. And I, I called it the Bedford Wellness Circle. And I said, what I want to do is I want to help um, – holistic practitioners, because all my clients were saying that they couldn't find clients, they, didn't, they, they felt alone, they felt isolated, nobody was supporting them. And I said, I can't let all these people go out of business. <laughs> so I wanted to form something to help their, the local businesses and also to educate the public about 
the wonderful things that holistic practitioners did because I come from a background in education. I used to be a, I was a teacher for many, many years, and I, I left profession as a college lecturer to, to start coaching. So I started this, and I, I also used to run events. I, I was a musician for many years, so starting setting up a gig was no big thing for me. Um, I set up an event. I invited the public, and the first event I had about 50 people show up. And I said, wow, this is pretty cool. So within uh, a month, I met another woman. Her name is Fran Stockley. She lives in, near closer to London. And she, I bumped into her at a holistic fair. She heard about the wellness circle. And she said, oh, I'd, I'd love to start something like that. So I, I've been mentoring her. And she's now started two beautiful circles uh, in other parts of England. Someone else approached me, then someone else approached me, and someone else approached me. Now I have um, five circles that are already open in different cities, in, around uh, cities and towns in uh, all of the central part of England, and uh, I have four more that are in the making. So, And now we're looking for a building. And within six months, I anticipate about 12 circles in the central part of England, and it's wonderful. The people are incredible, and we've grown from nothing it was it was it went from my frustration mm-hmm. and me being alone to several hundred several hundred people now and um it's going to keep growing because the time is right this is what people want they want uh it's educationally based it's community based it's focused on support and collaboration instead of competition uh, it, it gives information to the public. There's fun. Um, we, you know, we incorporate music, and, and uh, we do a lot of community-building games and things like that within the meetings. It's very, very nice, and I, I love it. I, I'm so sounds like the start. Sounds like the startup of it goes right back to your garden of the soul. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's it's all about hearing a call. And stepping into it, I heard a call. The call was, "You don't fit." <laughs> you know, that was the call. And the call said, "Do something about this." So, and I and I found out. And this is the message I want to convey to people. I found out that when I answered my own call, it actually opened up doors for other people. Because in the wellness circle, I see people, um, I see their businesses flourishing. I see people getting well. I see people making friends. Um, I see people creating new entrepreneurial uh, pursuits, you know, leaving the nine-to-five grind and finding mm-hmm. fulfilling lives. It's fantastic. So me it answering my call. takes them out of the box, basically, you're saying. Absolutely. That's what it is. When I stepped out of the box, it was as if I gave permission for other people to step out of the box too, and I see I see things changing here in England. I really do. I really do. It's what do you think, Annette? We could use that out here in the United States, huh? Well, eventually, you know, my 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 sure needs this book. <laughs> well, sometime sometime in the future, I I I already have an idea for a book about the when the wellness circle becomes really big. I, I already the other day I said to a friend um, something something along the lines of um, how to make the most out of being a social misfit. <laughs> you know the subtitle the, the subtitle uh, the story the real story of the global wellness circle. <laughs> you know, um, so someday that that's that will happen. So mark my words, you've heard it here first. <laughs> okay, how long have you been in England? Now? I've been here ten years now, almost. Not quite, almost ten years, and my accent is schizophrenic. Uh, it, it 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 goes in and out. Yeah, it, and I, I can't I can't control it. It depends what I'm saying, who I'm talking to, and it just changes constantly. So, um, you know, that's yeah. wonderful. And you're part too. of the community. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said I think Madonna's having that problem too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, yeah, yeah. It shows a great sense of community, and I think you know that is one of the other biggest things about the things that you're describing, Lynn, is that we really need, especially here in the states, I think, is more broad sense of community. Everybody, does, we, yeah. boy, we had it. You know, mm-hmm. I really think America really had it. My grandparents, you know, mm-hmm. but now I think it slipped away. I think people don't trust each other. They don't want to believe each other, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. Boy, if they could, if everybody would just take this own 
step just for themselves only, just Absolutely. look at it in a small picture, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. it could globally change the face of what we Absolutely. know like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, um, the very first show, because I, I have a I have a blog talk radio show that I started about a month ago called Lynn Servant's Garden of the Soul. Ha ha. Um, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Um, and uh, the very first episode of that was something called Peace Begets Peace. And I invited on that two colleagues of mine, um, a woman named Lena Nahas, who, who's starting an organization called One Urban Humanity in Dubai, and she's a Palestinian Canadian and another uh, woman named Davina Smolin, who is, um, runs a company called You in South Africa, and she's a Jewish woman in South Africa. And the reason why they wanted to do this together was to stand up side by side, a Jew and a Palestinian, saying, you know what, guys? Peace isn't uh, waiting for the other guy. It's not about sanctions. It's not about anything except saying I uh, commit myself to being a peaceful person. I just, you know, and you start it with yourself, and you can start a peace wave. If you can start a crime wave, you can start a peace wave, and you just do it by saying, I commit myself to this. I commit myself to this, and that's it. So you're absolutely right in that. It starts when we commit ourselves to making that change. Um, again, it's about being the hero of your own life, saying, damn it, I don't care what other people are doing. I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's wonderful. Mm. I want the whole world to have a copy of this book. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do, too, Lynn. (laughs) I do, too. I really do. (laughs) After all the hard work you put into something like that, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's 400 pages long. (laughs) Really? Yes, it is. It's a long book. Um, Wow. It it, it is, and it uh, it needed to be, and uh, it's... um, I, I... I, the, I've had people read it you know, already, you know, test reading it you, as you do before you actually go out and publish a book. Uh-huh. And and I know that I know it's a transformative book. I know it's been for me, and I know I know it it is for other people. So, yeah. give us the website one more time where people can get. Okay, um, the uh, the main website is www giverecevebecomeb.com and that's all with hyphens so it's give hyphen receive hyphen become hyphen b.com and if you want to look at the bonuses you go to that page and then go forward slash pages forward slash bonus dot html giverecevebecomeb.com forward slash pages forward slash bonus dot html and as I say there's an opt-in box there all you have to do is put your name and email uh, you're not going to get barraged with stuff. <laughs> what, what, what I will do is send you uh, a couple of free gifts of my own over the next few weeks and also a reminder when the book is coming out. And then you can go buy the book and, um, and get all those bonuses as well, all those gifts. And once I, your just blog, I, I just signed up while we were speaking, Lynn. And it Did was, you? Fantastic. Please <laughs> do it. It was very Thank simple. You. Did you see all those lovely presents there from people? Aren't yeah, they wonderful? Very nice. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what did Ed ask me something? I didn't hear. What did you yeah, ask? Yeah, when me? is your internet radio broadcast? Wednesday. My internet radio broadcast usually is on Wednesdays. However, uh, because of the wellness circle, I have to be uh, in, not, in other places occasionally. <laughs> so, uh, as in this week, I have to be I have to be at a wellness circle meeting. In, a, in another city this Wednesday. So this week, it happens to be on Thursday. So it's either on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Uh, this week's on Thursday, and my guest is Dr. Lou Legrand, and he's going to be talking about uh, grief as a uh, process of, for growth. It's, he's, and he, oh, you guys would be very interested in him because he yeah. deals in people's paranormal experiences with uh, loved ones who have passed on and how he, because he's a bereavement counselor, and how he uses that to help people get over their grief. And um, he's a really, really interesting person, and he's, a, he's quite a prominent speaker. I'm really pleased that he's, um, he's going to be on the show. That's on at 6.30 UK time. So Chicago time, that's uh, 6.30 p.m., that is to say. So Chicago time, that's 12.30 p.m., so it's a lunchtime show for you, and it's just a half an hour. Well, the sweet thing about blog talk radio is everything is archived. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I, have, again, have met so many 
uh, even in the five weeks since I've started the show, I've met so many brilliant people. I'm actually booked with guests all the way through the end of May. Uh, and I'm, I'm really pleased. And they're fantastic guests, just meeting great people. One other thing, I, one other website I'd like to mention, I started a new social network on Ning. And I'd love you guys to come on there if you would, because you can certainly promote your show. And, and you, maybe you'll find some guests and you and I know people will want to, to listen to your show there. I, I started a Ning network, a social network called Lynn Serafin's Garden of the Soul. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's just gardenofthesoul.ning.com. That's all it is. You don't even have to put okay. www. And uh, please, I invite anybody to join that. There's lots of artists on there, musicians, coaches, speakers. Uh, people with image consultants, <laughs> lots and lots of arty people. I call it a vibrant place for cultural and spiritual creatives. So everyone is welcome. Um, lots of lots of cool stuff there. There's so many pictures and videos. It's really really a nice vibrant place to be. I think I get your emails from that already. Your yeah. I, yeah. I'm probably a member. Um, I know I'm a member, so I just have to socialize a little bit more. Yeah. On here. And, uh, well, I may I be sending to... it. Yeah, I may be sending go it ahead. from there. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I want to say thank you for being on tonight. Yeah. Um, and it was thank you for staying up to or getting up to come on to the broadcast. Now I've been up. <laughs> Lots okay. of coffee. It's ten to four now. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to take. Lynn, it was gonna... truly a pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking with us tonight. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it, and hopefully you'll come onto my show sometime. Yep. I love you. We definitely love to. And uh, listeners, we're going to talk. We're going to say goodbye to Lynn, and we're going to clue you in on what we have coming up in the near future and the eight minutes we have left. Lynn, thank you very much again. Thank You're you. most welcome. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night now. That was nice. Wasn't right it, oh, she's a sweetheart. I'm going to yeah. watch that uh, release of that book. I'm going through <laughs> all the different bonuses here, and there are all kinds of cool stuff. These people are, you know, audio books and, oh, all kinds of beautiful things. Photography, like she mentioned, and, oh, all these people I are have just, to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. Very um, supportive. Get to get over there, and it would be a great idea if that global wellness can circles get over, cross, cross the ocean and get over across the, the pond, across <laughs> the pond and get over into this country, uh, right. the way things are going. And that's that's me and I talked about that last show. That's what we're trying to do is bring some feel good broadcasting to um, the listeners, and um, we got some things coming up in the very near future. Uh, first of all. Annette and I would love to say thank you to the people that came out to the Weathermark uh, last oh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. It was a uh, it was a great crowd, great turnout of people, and uh, thank, thank you, you to Pam much. especially for all her hard work in organizing, keeping the people flowing through. Everyone's happy. What a great place. Yeah, we we ride from eight o'clock till two, about 12:30 at night. So yeah. um, a good turnout, real good turnout, and. Uh, we're going to be there again, Friday uh-huh. the 13th in March. Um, Friday the 13th all... in the same year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be one in November. But we're going to be there Friday the 13th oh, in right. March. <laughs> and starting at uh, 8 o'clock on that night. And we're going to be back for Earth Hour, I believe it's called. Okay. On it's like March a Earth Awareness Night. Yeah, Earth Awareness. They're going to shut off the lights for an hour, I believe it is, um, on March 28th. And we're going to start an hour earlier for that purpose. Uh, that's okay. a Saturday night, March 28th. Uh, I myself then will be at the Victorian Haunted Mansion on March 29th doing readings. This is going to be a little different because they're going to have an old Victorian tea party there um, in the Victorian Mansion. And where we do the readings will be set up in the parlor, which when we had our uh, Beyond the Veil night there uh, last month, me and Ursula walked in there. He had They already had the table set up and everything, and it was like, wow, we're going to have to do readings in here that night, that day. Oh, I bet so it's 
Yeah, that'll be March 29th um, on a Sunday starting at 1 o'clock till about 4 or longer, depending on the people. Uh, now, when the people come, are they actually attending a tea party and being Yeah, read? it's going to be part of tea, yeah, tea party. This is how we're going to work it, too. The individuals will pay the people, the owners of the mansion, $10 for the tea party, includes little uh, snacks and everything yeah, else. Real sandwiches. Nice mm-hmm. Yeah, real nice. Lovely repast. <laughs> and then the readings will be only $20. And I advise people to bring items of loved ones who've passed away because the readings are always stronger for me anyways in a location that already has spirits. And this is that location. So um, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be something different that we're doing. It's going to be something nice. You can sit and chat and have your tea and in the whole Victorian atmosphere. And then also in the process, have readings done. So um, that'll be March 29th. Well, and that sounds beautiful. Yeah, doesn't it? I mean, oh, I'm in. We're, I'm going to come and get red. <laughs> and we're helping. We're helping the mansion out too, uh, listeners. Yeah. Oh, please. Because yeah. it's a historical site. It's a museum, actually. Uh, the individuals do not live there, uh, because everything in there is, it's antique. Okay. Uh, you can even probably wander around and go up to that uh, uh, real weird room called the doll room. Okay. So um, our next guest will be. Oh, where are we? This is February. Our next guest will be March 8th, and it's going to be, her name is Karen Anderson, another author. She's America's Animal Communicator. It'll be very interesting. I already got the book, Um, and so that'll be a very interesting night. That'll be March 8th. And Annette and I have something special coming up on May, uh, what's May 16th, and it's going to be... Yeah, that's going to be that's Saturday evening. It's going to be what it is. It's going to be helping individuals open up to the spiritual world. And we're going to take go to the website theunexplainedworld.com and go into the events section, or go to hauntedhistoriclocations.com and go into the events section there. It'll explain everything to you. It's on what I call sacred land, um, Native Americans live there. It's right by the Indiana Dunes, only approximately 20 minutes over the, if that long, over the Illinois border. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's just, and that lives in a very fortunate, beautiful place. So, And this area is nice. And um, it's going to be, we're going to, it's going to be a walk. It's going to be a nice thing. We're going to help assist you in opening up like I used to do when people used to come out to Ricordese and we would take them into the woods, which was also Indian land at one time, and uh, help them open up. So that's the And out here it's always a very positive experience. I mean, we're not having people feel that the spiritual realm is causing them negativity. I don't think on any of our tours through these woods, no. stuff, I don't think we've ever had any negative response. Just no. a peaceful and really beautiful experience. So... Yeah, don't come looking for the the spooky stuff because this is really about. This is on the spiritual side. We're taking. Yeah, really pretty. All right, listen, Annette. We only got a minute left. Believe that or not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, listener, thank you for joining in, Lynn. Thank you again for uh, participating tonight, Annette. Thank you for being there. And listeners, we'll be back on March eighth. Annette, I'll call you in approximately two minutes. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you and good night. Good night. Blessed be.